0: I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet, and I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases, from M&A rumors to celebrity stylist Dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck, available
1: on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. For the 11th, I'm Dennis Funk. I make radio and other audio stuff. This month on the show, the leader. About a year ago, I was in Miami working on a podcast with Paula Barros. Paula's Chilean, a voice actress and a stand-up comedian. For the last four years or so, she's lived with her husband Travis on one of those little islands sandwiched between Miami Beach and mainland Florida. And we did some work from their place. Her condo's in a building called The Lido It's a bright pink 1950s low-rise Like those old Art Deco motels Two floors, 20 apartments There's a pool and just beyond it, the bay They used to rent their place, but now they own it And the first time I went there, The Lido felt different Special even Not just because it's on the water For one, it's surrounded by million dollar high-rise condos and in a city that's getting taller, pricier, and less colorful, it almost looks like the developers forgot to tear it down. But Paula told me the Lido has a historic designation. It's one of the last buildings like it in Miami. So it's here to stay. Also, the people living there were as colorful as the building. It was kind of unbelievable that they all lived in this one little place and that they barbecue on the weekends and hang out together by the pool. I felt like everyone needed to see this place as it is right now. And that's why we're here. Paola's going to be the one to show you around the Lido. Our cruise director, if you will. This is her Lido as it existed this summer, 2022. Here's Paola.
2: The way Travis and I fell in love was... You know, we had to take these little vacations or we had to hang out outside of our parents' house because at that time we both lived with our respective parents. We couldn't, you know, mate in our parents' house and we couldn't, you know, romance and all that stuff. So we'd go to just like little beach towns, Fort Myers Beach, Jupiter, St. Pete Beach, so cute. Motels were like, they're all like the Shell Inn and like the Sunrise Shores. Ma and Pa hotels, little bed and breakfasts, you know, usually pastel colors. And they're like 60 bucks a night because we were on that sort of budget. After only six months of dating, Travis proposed. I said yes, of course. And then we decided to move in together. Well, my father made us move in together, but yeah. And when we were looking for places to live, we knew our top max budget was $1,200 to rent. We're like, this is what we can afford. And like, so we'd looked at all the places that were $1,200 in Miami were dumps. I mean, dumps. I mean, not like maybe one window and like dark and, and dirty. In any big city to live on the water, you need to be super rich. But I found this place called the Lido. And this is the kind of place where you could walk to the bay in less than 30 steps and there's a dock and yeah, you live like, just like royalty. I said, it, Travis, this is our hotels. This is our hotels.
3: You walk down the corridor of this place and it's almost like you kind of squeeze into this tunnel and then the building opens itself up.
2: At the horizon that you see of the buildings across the bay, and it's just, it's transformative. And I had, like, immediate, like, a tear in my eye. I was, like, smitten, and I said to myself, if we get this apartment, then, like, it's meant to be with Travis. Like, we're going to, it has to be. This is a carbon copy of the places that we were falling in love in. My mom lit a candle for, like, luck stuff, you know, like, Latina, Mom. She lit a bunch of candles every day. She was like, we're gonna get this place, we're gonna get this place. We ended up getting it and I, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. The facade of this building is what made me fall in love the most, right? It is just looks super art deco, but it's mid-century, I guess. It's like a dusty pink, right? It's like a chewed bubblegum pink with the blue sky in the background and those two big palms in the front. It's just ornate, beautiful pink. I love it. I could have been happy with Travis anywhere, (laughs) but the fact that we got this really affordable place right on the bay, right on the water, I felt like it was just for us. I had no idea how hard I would fall for the people here too.
4: Yeah, I say to so, all my friend. You see a peptobe small building, that's my fucking
2: place. <laughs> Edna, she's from Brazil and is living at the Lido for the second time. And I love it so much. She lives with her husband Roberto, who is a DJ, and they've been together since they were teenagers. They love the sun as much as they do each other, and they spend hours, hours every day out by the bay cooking. I swear they are the tannest people in Miami and probably the world. I live in Paris. I live in in Rome, Italy. I live everywhere. And your favorite (laughs) is the Lido. (laughs) With my best friend, bitch, my neighbor.
5: (laughs) So this this was my first buck
2: that I ever killed. That's Ragnar. All the taxidermy in his apartment, he killed and stuffed himself. Then I did that one, then I got that, then I got that. So that's what I used to do. He's 51, Our carpenter from Cuba, and he's lived here longer than anyone. He even got married on the dock, though his relationship to the Lido lasted longer than the marriage. <laughs> Ragnar also loves to barbecue. He kills and grows iguanas that walk along the bay. And then there's Ragnar's cabinet.
4: I do have a cabinet full of bones. This was uh, my first bear that I killed. Beaver. This was a little deer that my dog killed.
2: I am a strange guy from a strange country. Yeah. (laughs) Payami is the genius of the building. He's from Iran, and his real name is Payam. He started calling himself Payami when he moved to Florida because it kind of sounds like (laughs) Miami. He was a math (laughs) professor, and now Payami works as a delivery driver. Uber, it's DoorDash, Grab Papa John's. He's in his 50s, and he lives upstairs in number 17. Yep,
4: 17. Two to the power of two to the power of two plus one. You do the math.
2: My neighbors and I are all connected by this building, but we share more than just the dock and the pool. Actually, some of these people are my best friends.
5: I want this, just remember, I'm probably never going to do this
2: again in my life, so this means nothing career. Unless
5: it goes well.
2: Evan's from Boston. He's 38, almost the same as me. We're both peacocks. We're both loud and involved. There's
5: no career aspirations here. Okay. This is a bucket list check. Okay. I want to bust my bucket list nut on that stage and keep it well, moving. Why, why There's he, a
2: reason why he's like that and why he has the nickname Easy the Phoenix. Easy been my childhood name since I was a kid.
5: The Phoenix started when I when I came back out the grave, man. And it's really weird to be this age to feel the way I feel and to have this fucking heart thing. I was 26 years old, about to turn 27. Um, basically woke up one day thought I had food poisoning, couldn't see out of my left eye."
2: The doctors told Evan it was endocarditis, a heart infection, which caused a stroke in his sleep. They had to perform emergency open heart surgery. Now Evan's almost totally blind in one eye, and he has a pacemaker. Before that, he was living your run-of-the-mill South Florida life, partying hard. But the whole thing with his heart was a wake-up call. He couldn't keep putting off the things that he wanted to do in life because time's ticking.
5: Bucket list all started the year after I almost died, and it just started hitting me like,
2: I want to do everything that I want to do in my lifetime before I go. And this isn't just stored in his head. In the middle of his kitchen, he's got an easel with these big, bright-colored poster boards. Each page has like a 100 things written on it. I'm not kidding. And next to some of them are little green check marks. That's the shit he's already done.
5: Let's go through a couple. Lean in, Tower of Pisa. Boom. Check skydiving check drive a boat that's a whole other story this kid was definitely not supposed to run us this boat without a captain but he did and i drove the shit out of it you know what i am um okay ride a skateboard while holding on to the back of a car like marty mcfly
2: in parentheses it says even if only for a block just clarifying
5: have a baby, that's a whole nother conversation. My girlfriend saw it the other day, lost her shit. (laughs) Because she know when I write it on the list, it's real. I took a lot of drinks that day, and I thought, damn, do I want to write this on the list? And that's even how real I take the bucket list. Have a goddamn baby, man. Little Evan running around this motherfucker.
2: Every time I scan his bucket list, I see something new. The last time I looked at it, I noticed a line that says, do stand up for the first time. And I'm like, Evan! You have me, like, a literal fucking stand-up comic living across the building, and you don't tell me about this shit?
5: I just gotta figure out, like, the start and the end.
2: Okay, and I I think I got it for you. Yeah? Yeah, I do think. What do you think about... So I run a Tuesday show at a hotel bar on South Beach, and I tell Evan, okay, I'm gonna bring you in. You're gonna get five minutes up top to open the night. But we're going to practice. And we're going to get your set together. And, you know, in May, you're going to be behind the mic at 9 p.m. One naturally One of the most naturally funny people I've ever met in my life. And now we're in the process of making that shit real. Easy, the Phoenix. There's going to be music. You go up. You wait, till the music. you wait till the music dies down. Do the dance. do Hey, you. How
5: y'all doing tonight? I, I live a very... Dull life i go to work and
3: i work until eleven fifteen.
2: jacob he's my across the hall neighbor he's originally from miami but he spent a lot of time in massachusetts he bought this place just over a year ago jacob's nearing 70 divorced i've seen inside his place and it has a nobody really lives here vibe you can see from the doorway that his furniture and decorations still have their tags on them from marshall's i keep telling them to cut them off they make the place look staged Jacob works odd hours at the airport. He's rarely home before midnight. One weekend when he wasn't working, I invited him to hang out on the dock and drink afternoon mimosas. And we got to talking about his dating life on the apps. What's okay, so let's start a typical conversation, okay? I'm a girl on Tinder. You write to me, what's your opening line?
3: Hi, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great, how are you?
3: I'm fine, just got home from work. So I'm sitting here having a glass of wine and some popcorn. A little late now, but um, that's it, nothing exciting.
2: Okay, let me see, let's start again. Hi.
3: (laughs) Hi, how are you? You having a Sunday fun day?
2: Okay, okay, let's start over again. Hi. Two weeks after we had our conversation on the dock, I'm out there in the courtyard and Jacob goes, Paula! And he calls me over and he goes, here. And he hands me a Ziploc bag full of those Marshall's tags from his furniture.
3: Hello, testing, testing. Oh, that's great. Hi, Paula. Hi, Eddie. How's it going? Good, good. Good.
2: The first time I met Eddie was when he interviewed Travis and me as prospective tenants. I remember him reading the rules, like we couldn't leave boats docked here overnight. Okay, so Eddie, how old are you?
3: I'm 73. I'm the oldest in this building. I'm the patriarch patriarch. Patria. Pa- pa- patria. <laughs> and I'm the president of this condo for the last 20 years, because nobody wants the job.
2: Eddie, who grew up in Singapore, lives alone in one of the four condos right on the water. If you take more than a few steps off his patio, you'd fall into Biscayne Bay. Like the Lido, Eddie's getting older. The building needs more upkeep than ever, and Eddie told me he's stepping down as president at our next meeting this summer. But he's also stubborn. He worries that no one else can do what he
3: does. You know, it's very hard for somebody to take take on my shoes, to be honest because I've lived here 20 years. I know what else is going on. I have the historical perspective of the, what's happening to our garden. Okay. So I'm thinking, who can take over my place? Because I'm kind of tired after 20 years. Regardless, I'm stepping down anyway. But nobody I can not think of a name that <gasps> will replace me that can do the same amount of work because they don't work from here. They have a job. I have my job. I'm in real estate, so I work from home, right?
2: Mm. Really, it's hard.
3: Tell me, give me a name. Ragnar. Are you shitting me? <laughs>
2: Ragnar's been here longer than anybody.
3: You're just joking, right? Ragnar is the president of the Delido. I'll move out tomorrow, right away.
2: Eddie and Ragnar, the guy with all the bones, have been neighbors for like 20 years. They are total opposites. Where Ragnar is a rules are made to be broken kind of guy, Eddie believes that every single rule is in
3: place for a reason. Do you
2: think that everyone in the building likes you?
3: What is that relevant to this? Do I care? No, I don't care. I'm not for. I'm not here for a popular, popularity contest or a race. That's
2: what the president is supposed to be. No way,
3: good? no. They hate me, so what? I get the job done. Eddie can be cranky, Travis
2: and he can be temperamental, which can put him at odds with most of the tenants. But then,
3: earlier this year, there was a new face in the picture. Eddie got a cat. Lincoln is his name. He's three years old. I went to a pet shop to buy fish food, and I saw him, and it was love at first sight. And I played with him for like 20 minutes, and I said, mm, Lincoln, you're coming home. So I brought him home. That was last May, and ever since, he's given me a lot of joy. But he's a little crazy. Yeah. I call him a sad cat. Sleep all day, S-A-D. Eddie Lim,
2: before his cat, was just Eddie Lim. And Eddie Lim had enemies, and Eddie Lim was temperamental, and Eddie Lim was a little bit angry, with most of the tenants. When Eddie Lim got Lincoln, people noticed a definite change. You weren't allowed to have plants outside your door because it blocks the hallways in case there's a fire. And so all of a sudden, this guy that would have yelled at you for having a plant outside your door, dude, everybody had plants outside their door now. He stopped giving a shit about the petty things. He was complete, he was whole, he was happy. And he let a lot of things slide because he had Lincoln.
3: See this silly kitty? What are you doing? Hey,
1: Look at his face.
2: At the end of May, things
3: changed for Eddie. So, I'm just going to drive along the street where I think Lincoln went missing.
2: I was sitting outside my front door and, you know, Eddie walks out with that one whistle that he has for Lincoln. And I'm like, Eddie, you've been whistling for 20 minutes out there. What, what's going on? He's like, has Link, have you seen Lincoln? I'm like, no, he'll turn up, Eddie. Cats do that. Next morning, Lincoln wasn't there. And uh, then I, I I started to get worried. It was about... 4 a.m., I think the day after that, and I get a text from Eddie, and he said, I can't sleep. He's not back. I don't know where he is. My heart hurts. Um, And I can't feel his warm body against mine. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, no, Eddie, we're going to find your cat because this is serious. So let's go. Let's do this. Let's find your cat. I was pretty much the social media Person, you know, I put the posters all around the island, the Facebook group, you know, the the neighborhood app, all these things.
3: Because somebody posted something on our Facebook page, and this lady, her name is Sharon Stone, just like the actress. And he said, Eddie, I think I saw the cat that matches the the, 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 the your link. So I came right away yesterday. And um, the minute I drove up to the house, the cat was right there, and it? no, that's not him. So I'm gonna turn around, I don't think, I don't think he's here. I just hope he's alive, somebody's house, not in the water.
0: You can listen to the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery
4: Plus.
2: I'm just terrified, dude. I'm terrified of finding Lincoln dead. I'm just looking at a branch that looks like it has fur in the ocean. It's like two docks down. Two docks down? Yeah, like two dock sizes down. Do you see it? It has a leaf. Is it a leaf? Because it has white, gray. Oh, I don't see anything white and gray. No, it could be a leaf. It could totally be a leaf. Oh no, there's something going on there. Right? There's like... I think there's activity. It could be like a bird or... I don't think it's a bird. Like, it's not Lincoln. Okay, let's move on. I'm sorry. Do you know Eddie's cat is missing? Yes, and I'm very, very, you know... I'm worried too. The vacant lot next to the Lido is where my neighbor, Javier, takes his cocker spaniel to play. Looking for like an hour, looking for him. Javier is 34, from Cuba. He's like the purest soul at the Lido. He got here a little less than a year ago with Summer, the dog. As soon as he moved in, he'd be out there picking up trash or skimming leaves out of the pool. He even patched up a wall around the leaky AC in Eddie's apartment.
5: I felt Eddie like, um, like my family. Because I saw him alone, and I know the loneliness is very, very good.
2: When Javier first got to the Lido, he was pretty down. He and his girlfriend had just broken up a few months earlier. He took it hard. For the first time in his life, he started having panic attacks. Then one day this past winter, he found a stray puppy at a bus stop. So I bring him into the car. I bring him a couple of Cuban pastries. (laughs) He loves it. Yes. He brought the dog home and started calling him Ghost because he's white. Javier thinks Ghost is a doggo argentino, a big breed that looks a lot like a pit bull. Some neighbors were a little afraid of him in the beginning. In any case, renters at Lido can only have one dog, and Javier already had Summer. And at first, he told all of us that he was just fostering Ghost until he could find someone else to adopt him. But as he started taking care of the dog, Javier's panic attacks stopped. So he went to Eddie, his friend and the HOA president. So I tell him, I'm going to keep
5: Ghost. Help me with the ways to keep him. Please,
2: I want to keep Ghost. And he told me that he's going to be helping me. Javier says that Eddie told him that the board was going to vote on whether he could keep the dog. But that vote never happened. That's because one day Javier was outside with Ghost, who wasn't on his leash, and Ghost saw Lincoln, Eddie's cat, started barking, which freaked Eddie out. He thought the dog was gonna eat the cat. After that, Eddie gave Javier two options. He had a few days to get rid of the dog or be evicted for violating his lease. And I know Javier feels like me about this place. You know, like he's found the building and the people for him. <laughs> He's
4: such a good boy. He's
2: such a good boy. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: And what did I tell you? Did I tell you that I was going to say that ghost was mine? <laughs> yes, <sir>. oh. <laughs> Thank you, <Ma>. Remember? <laughs> I can still do that. Like, I, he can be mine. Thank and you, I can have two dogs, right? Because I'm an owner, I think? Okay, okay. Isn't that weird you, that the rules are different for owners and renters? Oh, do, Instead of moving out, Javier got his dog certified to support animals. His lease is up for renewal in a few weeks, so we'll see what happens. My husband Travis and I were outside one afternoon when Eddie came through the gate looking depressed.
3: You have your cranky face on.
2: That's your cranky face. And I love that you're wearing a dog shirt. He'd even grown a little beard, which he never has. And he looked tired. It'd been a few days since Lincoln went missing. Yo, when, when Lincoln comes back, you should be a little mean to him, because, like,
3: he's. No, no, you just hug him and squeeze him with them.
1: Thanks for choosing American Airlines. Go, go. Welcome back, Paula. Please tell me what you're calling about.
2: Customer service representative.
1: Okay, to get you to the right place, tell me what your call's about today.
2: Corporate office. Customer service representative.
3: One moment. Okay, I can talk now, right? Because well, it's,
2: if they say, like, you're not Paula because of the phone number thing, I'm like, yes, I'm calling with my friend. That yeah. was
3: my secretary that yeah. did the call. Exactly.
2: A few weeks before Lincoln went missing, I got a text from Eddie that said, I found a way to get to Singapore for free. Singapore, that's where his daughter and the rest of his family live. Then he sends me a picture of a letter from 1984 that his ex-wife found in a Bible. It's from an executive at American Airlines offering him a free round-trip flight to Frankfurt. And because there's no expiration date on the letter, he's hoping this 40-year-old voucher is still valid and that he can get them to fly him to Singapore instead of Germany. He asked me to look into it for him, but I never did. But now with Lincoln missing, I thought, maybe this could help.
1: Uh, I'm gonna connect you with my manager, but first let me explain to them what's going on. And then uh, they should be able to help you. One second, please.
3: Thank you. I thought you have a phone number directly to the corporate office, uh, that's what, this to this is guy. The only
2: way to get it is to call like this, they, ask there's ask no number they don't give it to the people. Either.
3: This guy, if he's dead or he's retired, he's a successor.
2: Ah, P.W. Wilmore.
3: He could be dead, he could be a... Uh,
2: well, we can look him up, I mean, is he on LinkedIn, can we check, P.W. Wilmore? Are he's, you on LinkedIn? I am. Nice.
3: What does it say? President? No, I don't remember. I never checked my Lincoln. (laughs) I don't need Lincoln service, you know what I mean? No. I just need my Lincoln.
2: Yeah.
3: L-I-N-C-O-L-N. Yeah. Not LinkedIn.
2: A few days later, we heard back from the airline. They said too much time had passed since 1984. They wouldn't honor the voucher. Also, Lincoln still hasn't come home. comedy stand-up comedy tonight girl we start at 9 not 8 30 okay free comedy night guys tonight stand-up comedy night after rehearsing with evan for his bucket list i felt like he was ready to try doing stand-up for real i figured you know he will get through this but at the same time i had no idea how the audience was going to react Ah, uh, it is my biggest pleasure to introduce your first comedian coming up to the stage. Yeah! Give a warm welcome to Mr. Easy the yeah!
5: So we out in South Beach, right? South yeah. Beach, man. A lot of nice cars, you know what I'm saying? A lot of nice whips. I like it. So it brings me into what we're talking about today. Alright, so this is a true story, ladies and gentlemen.
2: It probably helped that some people from the Lido were there. You know, because they would laugh if nobody else did. We get
5: to the fucking police station. At this point, I'm spitting them. I hate y'all. Pew pew. I'm yelling, fuck the police, fuck Miami, fuck everything. They put me in the hand of the lecture chair. So I'm yelling in, they got and I'm spitting too. I said, I'm fucking kill everybody. You know, only in day, only in day, Like, shit, sure, we do. You know, i
2: spitting yelling. But Evan didn't need any of those guys. By the end of his set, he'd went over the room. mother okay Evan, I think that you're not done babe. I think you're not done. I think you're not done.
5: Paula, I love you so much. You don't even know how much happiness this, this night brought me, bro. Yeah. Like, Yeah. And while you were giving like your stand-up, like, I was you know, I was coming up next, I was so scared. You were? I was freaking out, bro. I'm like, oh, my God. And I kept telling myself, chill, chill, chill. Just focus on what we were doing at the house. And as soon as you were like, OK, here he comes. And it felt really fun. And
2: it felt natural for the audience.
5: I love this shit. Paula. You're in. God damn it, you're bro. Up. This night went cooler than I pictured in my head.
4: Paula Right now it is evening, and I have finished emptying my house. Everything is empty. Everything. Ah. Oh. Bye bye. My bedroom and my kitchen. And ah, huh? yep, the last bottle of beer. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. And the last view of the bay. Okay. Where are the seagulls?
2: A month ago, my friend Payami, the math genius, moved out of apartment 17.
4: I am going to knock at Javier. I'm going to uh, give him my key to the mailbox. Hello.
2: Here in Florida, he had a hard time finding a job teaching math and ended up working for different food delivery apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash. But it wasn't sustainable in the long run, so he started looking for other jobs.
4: Okay, I will miss this place. More than this place, uh, I will miss the people here.
2: (sighs) At the same time, his landlord raised the rent by almost half. Then he was offered a job driving a truck across the country, and he decided it was best to leave the Lido altogether. Now he pretty much lives on that truck. He says he'll come back one day. I don't know when. I'll be here, though, ready to pick things up where we left them.
4: Ah, the last view of Lido. I had a great time here. But now I must leave, and I must be at 7 a.m. in... Kentucky? No, no, not Kentucky. Somewhere in the middle of the United States. Okay, have a nice day.
2: In many ways, the Lido is a relic. If you stand on the dock with your back to the bay, you'll see it too. Most of what surrounds this place are new luxury high-rises, private beach villas, Earlier this year, we put up a gate around our building. Our new neighbors kept walking onto our property to take selfies by the pool or the bay, which is funny because the view here is the same as theirs. But I like to think it isn't really our view that they're after.
1: This month's issue was a collaboration between The Eleventh and Written in Air. The Lido was reported and produced by me, Dennis Funk, Kristen Torres, and Paula Barras. We had lots of production support from Chloe Presinos. Our editor was Lena Masitsis, with editorial support from Eric Menel and Chloe Presinos. Fact checking by Jane Drinkard. The 11th's senior managing producer is Asha Saluja. Mixing and original music by Hannes Brown. Additional music by Travis Roig and Polibio Mayorga. Our head of sound engineering is Raj Makhija. And our assistant engineers are Sharon Bardales and Jade Brooks. Visuals and marketing by Grace Chen, Moira Curran, Liz O'Malley, Kurt Courtenay and Meredith Rice. Legal services for Pineapple Street by Bianca Grimshaw at Grandison de Rocher and Crystal Tupture at Odyssey. Episode art by Jonathan Conder. Special thanks to Aiza Torres. The executive producers at Pineapple Street are Max Linsky and Genevieve Berman. And a massive, massive thanks to everyone at The Lido for welcoming us into their homes. Thank you for listening to The 11th The show will be back next month with something entirely new and entirely different.
3: Running off from the Lido, the pink building.
5: Yes.